Sunday with Miriam on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by BlackRock Health, providing patients with world-class clinical care and comfort, enabling swifter recoveries. Well, now, last summer, my next guests, along with the RT Concert Orchestra, performed the incredible music of Phil Linnett and Thin Lizzy at Collins Barracks here in Dublin. Such was the success of that gig that they're joining forces once again this March with the music of Thin Lizzy at the National Concert Hall and the National Opera House. If you'd like tickets to that concert, pay attention for details because I have a competition coming up about that. But before, to tell us a little more about the concert, I'm joined here in studio by Tom Dunn and Jack O'Rourke. Morning to you both. Good morning. Good morning. It's lovely to have you. Listen, it's such a privilege you're going to sing live. It's only nearly half ten in the morning, so I appreciate that. (laughs) We'll have a chat in a moment, accompanied here by Kevin Rowan Guitar. You're going to perform for us, Tom, one of Thin Lizzy's best-known tracks, that beautiful song he wrote for his daughter, Sarah. beautiful. There's no way Phil wouldn't be happy with that. Tom Dunn, not just a brilliant broadcaster, Uh, still a beautiful singer. Backed up here, of course, by the great Jack O'Rourke and beautiful guitar from you, Kevin. Well done there. Listen, as I mentioned, you both featured in the Thin Lizzy tribute with the Artie Concert Orchestra at Collins Parks. How did that come about? I think the the orchestra had the idea of orchestrating the songs um, and then I got a phone call saying would I sing one or two of them and there was still early days so I managed to nab Sarah and Kathleen which are the two songs he wrote for his daughters which I think is beautiful Um, and then you know the orchestra do this kind of thing they do gigs like this so but it just it took off I got a phone call from the the man who was doing all the orchestrations and stuff he told me to sing one of the songs into my phone send it to him (laughs) and then it arrived back with, you know, a simile of the orchestra in the background. It was spectacular. So next time I saw it was in the studios around the corner here with the actual orchestra, which is like set, stepping into somebody's much more powerful car for yeah. a second. It's like 50 musicians around you. It's such an experience. Must be um, and then you, you don't really see it all being pulled together until you walk into Collins Barracks. You meet the other singers. You see everything live and you think, this is really happening. And it was spectacular. It was such a great night in such an historic place to be as well. I'm one of those p- people who can step out of himself in the middle of it and go, you're, in, in, you're singing with an orchestra in Collins Barracks on a moonlit night. This is incredible. So I, I always take those moments just to go, wow, what a time to be alive. What amazing. an experience. You too, Jack. Was it an amazing experience? It was. Uh, echo what Tom said there. Um, and as well, you know, it, it was so lovely that it was Phil in it, Phil in it, uh, <coughs> or Phil Linnett, as, yeah, um, yeah, as yeah. I realised yeah. his, his family pronounced his name. Yeah. Um, but just... You know what a character, what a, what a writer, what a songwriter, um, and it was lovely that he's he's a dub and we were paying tribute to his music. And you know it was such a vast canon of work, wasn't it, that we were doing? So like, I, I had three ballads that really lent themselves to the orchestration, and you, you you got a chance to kind of get inside his head, um, and you know see how he was influenced by myth and legend, and the lyrics are so beautiful. He was such a sensitive writer. 
you know, he was a, he was a real rocker, like, but he he wrote beautiful songs. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah. One of, we had almost a private gig before it because there were six singers and the five who weren't singing would be the only audience and watch the next singer. So we'd all sit and watch Jack go on stage and go, oh my God, he's very good, isn't he? Um, so we had these ah, private things. <laughs> but we'd see, like, Dublin is this almost a poem that he wrote about mm. Dublin. I think yeah. it might have been Wallace was singing that. And you're just going, God, he was, I don't know, 21, 22 leaving Ireland when he wrote that. And you're thinking... Amazing. He was on a different level, really, very early on. You could hear there was something going on with him, the poetry to what he wrote. And then when he rocks, he rocks like nobody else on earth. Um, a star, really, I think. And did you like him? I'll ask you, Boba, when Tom, when you were younger and obviously in a band yourself and growing up, did you realise how great he was then? And, and did you like him as a Yeah, younger? totally. I think one of the first gigs I ever saw was Thin Lizzy in the stadium. But then the big one was Daily Man Park, which was a really important gig because punk rock was kicking off and the Boomtown Rats played and the Radiators in Space played. And we went to see them. We were, we were young punks. They were, that's why we were there. But then Thin Lizzy came on and we're playing Dancing in the Moonlight with 40,000 people dancing in the moonlight to it. And he just he was just this star. You know, he used to shine the guitar. He used to get a reflection of the guitar and shine into the crowd. And he looked about seven feet tall on stage and he was yeah. cool and he wrote these songs he was just he was such a rock star so yeah I, I, I always I saw him once on Grafton Street and it was like seeing a, a deity you know, people yeah. around him were just flocking to him and pointing at him he'd real magnetism and, yeah. and power he was very him. beautiful as well, yes he, he was yeah, yeah. handsome man yeah, yeah. and Jack did you have oh, he, you been like he died a year before yeah. I was born um, yeah. but my dad uh, huge music fan you know bit of pressure before taking on these songs he's like you better get these fucking right you know <laughs> that's true um and, and i think when you go into it you do think about that and you go you know I'm, I'm not going to be able to sound like him or try to emulate him there's no point so you, you have to find the balance of paying tribute to the man and not just him tin lizzie for that matter the whole mm. band um but also bringing your own you know interpretation to the mix because that's what it's all about i think when you're covering yeah. anything you have you have to bring your own to the table so it's finding that balance but yeah, he was so amazing. I mean, I, I have a picture of home um, that I must frame in my new gaff um, <laughs> of him walk. He's sitting on a wall, um, in, I think in Phoenix Park, and there's two priests walking by and they both kind of look at him because he must have been back then in Ireland. He must have been so exotic looking yeah. and he was so cool, effortlessly cool. Even that video for Old Town and he's, you know, he's yeah. walking through Dublin and they love him like he, yeah. he, he was so lovable. <laughs> I, I was in school when Whiskey in the Jar went into the charts. And yeah. I can remember the brothers who more or less represented the opposite of everything in the world. The to Christian him. brothers, yes, yeah. Saying to us, Tim Lizzie are on top of the pops tonight, you better all watch it. Oh, <laughs> so they wanted you to watch yeah, it even. Yeah. They were proud. Yeah. This is a guy from, you know, this was, we were going to school in Inchcore and they weren't far from there at all. Uh, Crumlin, that's more or less where we grew up. So this was a local guy on top of the pops. And even though it seemed like you know, Western culture, <laughs> it has to be. Watch, they were everyone was proud. You were proud of them. That Do you know what I think it was lovely as well? Isn't right that Sarah and Kathleen, his daughters, they were at this gig mm, in Collins Barracks. What yeah. was that like, Tom? It was a little bit intimidating. Um, and I met them afterwards, and they're they're two beautiful girls, and they had their children with them as well. And uh, Phil's wife was there too. So they were all together, and I was watching them watching the gig, and you could sense that they're all looking at the stage, and it's the music of this man that most of them only know by reputation. They, he was gone, sadly, before yeah. they were becoming mature. Um, and I could see their pride in what he had done and his songs, and in how we were all enjoying it. And, and what, you know, that was a lovely moment. They were all kind of carried together and watching it. So it was great. I talked to them, and 
I was over the moon. They were delighted, and Kathleen in particular was delighted because yeah. nobody ever sings Kathleen. No, because it's, <laughs> it's an unknown, and it's a lovely yes, song. It's a gorgeous song. Yeah. 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 Beautiful she Irish girl. You must be girl. delighted. And I know, actually, Tom, you once started a conversation, didn't you, on your news talk show about the most significant Irish rock record of all time. And two songs, I think, stood out, but one of them was Thin Lizzy's Whiskey in the Jar. Why do you think it did stand out for something? I think it was one of the first songs that really the kind of rock world of Ireland started to get a look in. It wasn't the show band world anymore. It was a band who were going off and writing original material. And even though it was a cover version of an older song, they, they put such a stamp on it. I think the number of people in Ireland who picked up guitars after that and started forming bands and started thinking, there's another way we can do this, lads. Yeah. And there were loads of them going to tour uh, England with the with Thin Lizzy bands like the Vipers and stuff would have toured with them. So it was a real clarion call for Irish music to say, look what we can do. And it, it just, it, it stamped itself into loads of people's minds who thought, I'll have a go at this. Now, all of the performers, the six singers and the night, you each perform particular songs. Tom, you were saying, obviously, Sarah and Kathleen. What about you, Jack? Tell me about the songs you opted for and why those particular songs? I really um, made my uh, case for doing Cowboy Song because <laughs> uh, I thought I could bring a bit of country to it and Americana. Um, and again, it's just a beautiful song. His versatility as a writer and a musician um, Tom was talking about Dublin. I sang Dublin um, and it was just so beautiful. Um, mm. You know, hard being a Cork man singing, <laughs> singing Dublin. But, uh, but, but as, as Tom said, say, you know, being in Collins's barracks and singing it live. And there's something very emotional about having his family there. And as well as that, you were talking about whiskey in the jar. Um, I think as a musician and as a writer, he took that folk song and he elevated it, you know, by bringing in, you know, the rock arrangement and the way he sang it. So it made, I think it made a lot of things possible for musicians. It's almost like when Dylan went electric, mm. um, you know, traditional mus- musicians and even folk musicians could kind of look beyond those parameters. And rock musicians similarly could say, oh, there's a whole well of music here that I can draw from and, mm-hmm. and, and change. And, um, and then to have an orchestra to... To bring rock into that and to have woodwinds and brass and strings. That is some experience, you know, isn't it? Unbelievable. Standing on a stage amongst yeah. 50 yeah. musicians, I thought, my yeah. God. And to wow. have someone who understands rock and classical music like John um, Metcalf, who did the arrangements, he's worked with Peter Gabriel and you too. Right. So, you know, when you're singing them, you can hear um, a guitar lick, but it's being played by trumpets, you know, and that's that's really cool. It's a genius of a good arrangement, isn't Who it? Who gets Which both worlds, Absolutely. You know? yeah. And so when people go to the show, Tom, at the National Concert Hall now and the National Opera House, what can they expect from it? Well, all of the, the back catalogue of the greatest songs, I think you really, when you hear them in that context and you hear the orchestra playing little bits of the melodies and stuff, it opens your mind of just how well written they are and what power there's in them and how well observed so many of the lyrics are. And he's a very he's a very broad palette. He's gentle stuff like Sarah and then he has The Boys Are Back in Town, which I get to sing, which is magnificent. Um, <laughs> it's nice to let rip. Um, it, I think you'll just, you'll appreciate what an amazing songwriter he was. But then the sound of an orchestra, uh, particularly when there's a roof over it, it just gets better and better. Mm. Um, it, it really is a wonderful experience. I want to go to it already. Oh, and you. Listen, you, we're going to, you're going to play for us again now, Jack. You're actually going to sing, but wait for one moment because, first of all, for tickets for this amazing concert, which is going to take place on Wednesday, March the 29th in the National Concert Hall and on Thursday, March the 30th in the National Opera House, all tickets from <coughs> nch.ie. But today... 
I've got a fabulous prize of two tickets for the show at the National Concert Hall on March the 29th. The prize also includes an overnight in the Hard Rock Hotel and dinner in one of the city's best restaurants, Zampas. The prize is non-transferable. You have to be able to go on March the 29th. To win the prize, all you have to do is answer this question. You're not allowed to answer, Tom or Jack or Kevin, okay? Which Thin Lizzy song includes the lyric? When I passed you in the doorway, well, you took me with a glance. I should have took the last bus home, but I asked you for a dance. You can text your answer now to 51551 and I'll announce the winner before the end of the programme. So Jack, thanks so much, Tom, Kevin, all for being here. You're going to perform now another Thin Lizzy classic for us. This is Old Town. This is Old Town. The old Covent Garden I remember only too well. (laughs) <laughs> the girl's a fool, she broke the rules, she hurt him hard This time you will break down She's lost his trust and so she must, now all is lost The system has broke down Romance has broke down This boy is cracking up This boy has broke down Well, we can I just say it's a quarter to eleven on a Sunday morning in Studio Town. It's such a privilege to have you all here. That's such fun, so, Tom, so Jack, Kevin. Honestly, such can we talent. say a big thank you? Amazing guitar playing from Unbelievable Kevin. 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 Good up for Kevin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> brilliant, all of you. Thanks, me, and we'll take a break. And just to say earlier, of course, we asked you to name the Thin Lizzy song, which includes the lyric: "When I passed you in the doorway, when you took me with a glance, I should have took that last bus home, but I asked you for a dance." And the answer is, of course, "Dancing in the Moonlight." And our competition winner today is Catherine O'Reilly from Dunboyne. Congrats, Catherine. Enjoy yourself. 